Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. So welcome back to FCN's live recording of our podcast. Uh, today, Emily and I are going to delve into a fun series of topics. So, well, one topic over a series. Yeah. So, Emily, what are we talking about today? That's right. So we are talking about ongoing coaching. And this is intended to be a three-part series. Um, if we get enough questions, we might turn it into four. So we'll just see how many questions we get while we're going along. Uh, right now it's intended to be three. And the first one, which we're going to talk about today is, should I offer ongoing coaching? And the second week, so next week, we will talk about how do I structure ongoing coaching? And the week after that, we will ask, how do I continue to show value if I, can, if I, do, if I offer ongoing coaching? So let's, uh, let's dive right in to ongoing coaching. So should I offer it? How about you just start with that question? Yeah, and this is going to be my standard answer, which is it depends. <laughs> right? the, the key thing is that we have to think about with ongoing coaching. There's a number of different factors that come into play here. And the big thing is what does it look like for your client, right? What is this progression? And I, I think one of the big factors that to play here is people end up being in one of two camps, right? The first camp is no coaching is a short-term thing. It's three to six months. More accurately, it's either three months or six months, because that <laughs> tends to be what we see out there when you ask, hey, what is your program like, right? About 40% of people say three months, 40% of people say six months, and 20% of people are kind of potpourri with the majority of those saying, oh, yeah, like I meet three times or something like that, right? So they have a number right. of meetings over maybe a month or two. And so that tends to be the majority of how financial coaches work, fall into that non-ongoing coaching platform. And then there's the group of people who are trying to do ongoing coaching that are doing it because they think it's a better business decision, right? Once I get a client, wouldn't it be great if they continued giving me money forever? Right? <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. And what is lost in those conversations is the needs of the client, right? The people that are pushing toward ongoing coaching, the majority of the times is because they want to have that ongoing revenue stream. And the people that are doing three month or six month, it is because, well, that's what other people are doing. And so therefore I should choose one of those two. Right. Right. And the reality is neither of those is a really good 
answer. Now, this doesn't mean you shouldn't have a three-month program. This doesn't mean you shouldn't have a six-month program. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't have a ongoing program. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't have anything else, right? It's you don't want to default to something without really thinking through what the benefits are for the client, what the needs are for the client, and whether or not this is appropriate for them. And I think we'll cover a lot of that, a lot of more detailed versions of that in future lives. Yes. Yeah. Uh, around the idea of how do I keep adding value? But what I will say is if your plan for ongoing coaching is, well, I'm just going to meet with them once a month and we're going to talk. That is a clear sign that you should not be doing ongoing coaching. So what if, what if I had, so these are just what ifs based on what I've read from questions from people in the past. So looking back through the community posts, what if I have a, a general process that I follow where I have standard questions that I ask every month um, that just see how my client is doing and then we work on whatever they're having issues with at the time? Yeah, so... That becomes very repetitive, and it becomes very um, it, it makes it very, very likely that your client is very quickly going to realize that you're not providing value before you do, and then fire right. you. right. Not refer you to anyone else because their last experience with you is you haven't provided value. It would be the same thing, and there's this sort of joke that people have about therapists, right? where all they do is they come in and they ask me, well, how are you feeling? And then they ask me like four other questions that are always the same, right? <laughs> and especially for people who like are against going to counselors and psychologists and therapists, behavioral health professionals, that is their most common complaint. And I am not going to say that there are no behavioral health professionals that do that. But I will tell you right now that that is considered a horrible, horrible, horrible violation of professional ethics and standards, <laughs> right? Yes, you may revisit some topics, but there is that the therapist creates a pathway that they're going through and they are helping guide that person on that pathway. And if you're coming in with, I have this set set of questions that I'm going to ask as a financial coach, you're basically setting yourself up to be that therapist that's violating, that's the butt of the joke, that's violating that <laughs> ethics and standards, right? Um, that's going to be valuable in the beginning, but there's going to become a point in time where you've moved past those questions. Right. Right. Um, and so that really suggests that it is an X month program. Maybe not three, maybe right. not six, but it's an X num um, number of month program. Right. Um, so even having a set of questions is not sufficient. Okay. So then, then tell me, who, what is, what type of client is best for ongoing coaching? If you could define that client, what would that look like? So the client that's going to be best for ongoing coaching, I think it's going to be difficult for a true debt, when we think of the definition of ongoing, meaning it's never ending, I, I think it's going to be difficult for financial coaches to find that client 
within the confines of what we typically think of as financial coaching. It is more likely that the client is going to a multi-year progression, right? That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. (laughs) Multi-year might be three, four, five, six years, right? Right. But that's more likely, the more likely scenario. Um, And it makes me, there's a question coming in a couple of weeks related to that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to say the question now, that way we'll answer in a couple of weeks and uh, answer it again. It'll it'll be a tease. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it was, it was the, you know, definition of ongoing coaching, right? Does it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a forever thing, like you were just saying, but it can be a, okay, beyond those three to six months. Cause that, that's kind of coming back to this other question I had, which was, okay, I feel like even me personally, at the end of my program, I've had clients who I felt like weren't quite ready to transition to being by themselves, that they still needed not, not say monthly anymore, but they need a little extra support, just even just for the accountability side of it. And so that is where I've questioned, oh, maybe I need to have some quarterly sessions for a while and then maybe eventually transition to a yearly one. And we were just talking, I was talking about this with um, somebody that I work with, with money coach. And he was, he was saying uh, that he was thinking quarterly sessions for a year he thought would be good and then transition to yearly. And I thought, well, maybe that's not enough. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. And, but that, that's kind of where the question is going to be in, in a couple of weeks around, you know, how long do you do those? quarterly sessions and how do you know when you've done enough of those that they've yeah. and established we'll these that. new habits? Yeah. We'll get into that a lot more detail. In a couple weeks yeah. Ago. Okay. So we'll save that for two weeks. I yeah. have it written down. So, but what type of people are, are ideal for, we'll call it um, very long-term coaching, right? And, and <laughs> we're going to, we're, we'll, we'll say that's what we're talking about with ongoing, right? The reality is clients are going to die. So it, nothing is ongoing, right? So <laughs> Uh, but we'll call it ongoing coaching. And the the reality is the people that are going to need ongoing coaching are people where the status quo is not stable. So the reason why people need a financial coach is because they have a lot of problems in their finances and they don't know how to solve them. And so therefore they need a financial coach to help them with the mindset around money, with budgeting, with figuring out debt, with staying on track, with maintaining accountability, right? All those things that financial coaches do. Well, at some point, those things are handled. I don't right. know how long in the future that is, right? It's going to be different for everyone, every coach's client and their needs. But um, the at some point in the future, those, those things are going to be handled. And that's going to be true until they decide to buy a house. <laughs> right. 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 And then all of a sudden there needs to be some ongoing stuff. And then they bought the house. So they no longer need the coach and they no longer need the coach. Right. Wait, wait, until pregnant though. They get pregnant. <laughs> right. So the more change that is happening in the client's life, in your niche's life, the more appropriate ongoing coaching is going to be because the new status quo of I'm on my budget, my debt is managed, et cetera, et cetera, now gets thrown out of whack because this other event happens in my life and that that old status quo is no longer appropriate. And you as the coach are there to kind of guide them through it. 
So the more change that is going on in your client's life over that X period of time, the more appropriate ongoing coaching is going to be because that change is going to beget new rounds of not just how do I deal with this, but how do I build new accountability habits that is appropriate for this new thing? Right. <clears throat> and by having like, say a yearly session with them, would that help make sure that they remember the relationship that they think of you when, right? Cause that would be a concern that like, if it's been years since you've worked with them. <clears throat> yeah. So the yearly session could be one way of keeping on, on task, but the question is, what does that year look like? Right. What does that right. year session look like? Um, you know, one of the things that Garrett does, and as you're thinking about possibly doing something more ongoing as well, um, is, you know, he just continues to give access to money coach. They can only get it through him. They pay him for it. He still makes a profit off of it, but that forces them to remember him when right. those changes happen. Right. Yep. Um, and so you need to have some mechanism to do it, but the mechanism needs to make sense, right? So if you're going to charge $200 for a yearly update meeting and the yearly update meeting is, hey, tell me about the last year, <laughs> right? And those are the conversations that are happening. Uh, that's going to cause a problem over the long term. Because at some point, they're going to realize I'm paying $200 for getting together with a friend, <laughs> right? It's like going out with a friend that you don't, you only see once a year and they never pick up the tab. You're always picking up the tab, right? <laughs> at some point, you're just going to stop going out with that friend, right? That's right? pretty funny. And so we, we need to make sure that we have something that's providing value. And we need to make sure that we can do it in a way, this is the other side of this equation, Right. You can't be the friend that constantly picks up the tab either. Right? right. You can't have a situation where the way that you're providing value is taking so much of your time that you're actually losing money on the engagement. Right. Comparison if you're valuing your time. And so there's this balancing act of how do we create that value right. with how do we do it in a way that doesn't sap so much of your time. And that's, that's a hard thing to balance. Yeah, I was gonna say, so I also have the software money coach. And so for me, it's easy. It's an easy right. way to maintain that relationship. But what, what advice do you have for other people who don't have that? Yeah, I, so you need some other software. You need, okay. you need software. Um, I have clients that we, I do investment management for them. Right. And I do uh, we I'm just doing investment management for a fee and then uh, doing a hourly oh, sorry, doing hourly engagements for anything beyond the investment management. And it is very, very, very difficult for me to have clients that I don't engage with regularly where I'm just doing investment management if I did not have software. And so the, so as an example, RMDs, right? I need the software to say, here are all the clients that have RMDs, regardless of whether I'm meeting with them quarterly or not, right? right. I need software that, that triggers me and emails me, the client has turned this age this year, 
So the RMDs right. need to happen. Now I'm using a very investment management focus because that's the thing that relates to me, right? But the yeah. same thing has to happen for you is, you know, if you're going to put a post-it note on your wall of, hey, in nine months, remind this client about this, <laughs> that's going to work when you have three clients. Right. It's not going to work when you have a hundred. And it's probably not going to work when you have three clients because the post-it note will fall off the wall and end up behind <laughs> your, your printer stand. <laughs> yeah. So, Does that happen to you? <laughs> I'm just looking at my printer stand right now. That definitely <laughs> happened to me. Yeah. Um, and now I'm going to look behind it. The, uh, but you, you need to have something that automates that process for clients that you're not seeing regularly, right? You should have it for clients that you're seeing regularly as well. I mean, it's, it's important for all sorts of reasons, but you need to have some form of software that manages that and that provides that type of, of value. And is the more it, software does it on its own, the better yeah. for you. Is it enough to just do like monthly newsletters? It's monthly, not personalized though. Not only is it not personalized, but you're not really providing value. Because um, I don't know how many monthly newsletters that you have coming to you through email. I'm assuming <laughs> talk to an email newsletter, uh, but I can tell you um, what percentage of them I pay a subscription fee for. Right. right. But and at I, least does it keep that engagement with them, even if they're not paying for it? How, how, what percentage of the monthly newsletters do you get? Do you actually open them versus that deleting them immediately? Uh, there's only a few that I open regularly. There's probably, I, I can think of three that I can, that I open regularly. Yeah. And there's yeah. probably a very specific reason why you do it because it yep. gives you something specific or it triggers something for you to do or yeah. Yeah. And so um, I'm not saying that having a monthly newsletter is a bad idea. It's just not going to provide the level of value that's going to really, well, it will definitely remind them that you're there. And so that it could, right. Help, right? But it's not going to provide that level of value where you are going to be able to charge. It's not going to solve that problem that we were originally talking about, right? right? Yep. Am I providing enough value where I can charge for it? Yeah. And charge meaning it makes it worth your time and you're not the friend picking up the tab, right? right. Goal is neither of you are the friend picking up the tab, right? They feel like they got a really good deal out of it. And you have not spent an enormous amount of time providing that value. Right. The way that a lot of people solve that is they say, oh, I'll just show up to the meeting and ask how things have been going. Right. Right. That works for one or two meetings. Right. But it's not going to work for yeah. the long. <clears throat> that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So a couple other questions here. So if I currently have only single sessions. So let's say I only meet with people once typically. Is it too early to transition to an ongoing program or should I start with like a program, like a three month, six month, whatever is appropriate for my niche? <laughs> should I start with a program first and then think of transitioning to an ongoing program? Um, yeah, that is really depends on where your ongoing program fits within your, and your three-month program fits within your overall process, right? 
Um, I so some people will will do the short term program as a testing ground for getting to full time by right? getting to an ongoing program, meaning the client gets to test it out and make that. Okay. Decision. I was wondering who was doing the testing. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that's one way of doing it. Um, another way, another thing that people will do is their, so their, their, you can think of their ongoing program as their main thing and the testing ground is their, um, their trial thing, right? Other people will have it set up where the ongoing program is, the, the, the three-month program is their primary product, the primary thing that they do, or six-month or whatever it is, right? And then it's, and this is what Garrett does, right? I have, he has this yep. program that is a short-term program. And then he says, okay, now at the end of this program, here are your choices, right? Do you need additional support? This is what that looks like on an ongoing basis. And this is the fees associated with that, right? Right. So Garrett's mm -hmm. is very much his short-term program is the primary product and his long-term program is the, um, is the uh, sort of the add-on, if you will, right? If, if the person right. feels like it would be valuable, right? Uh, for me, the ongoing program is my primary thing. And my short-term programs are not trials. <laughs> right. right. It's like the opposite right. for you. Yeah. <laughs> my short-term <laughs> programs are where I send people that I don't want to work with on an ongoing basis. <laughs> right. I like right. you enough that I still want to help you, but not enough that I want to see you once a quarter for the rest of my life. Okay. So, I mean, this, this is kind of related then this next question. It says, um, should the ongoing program and it's kind of, because I mean, what I'm doing is similar. I'd say that I've, I've found clients who are, um, graduating from my program and I'm realizing that I think it would be beneficial to have a quarterly program. So I'm having that conversation with them now of, Hey, this, these are your options of what you want to switch to. And you could either go just just the software, because we have money coach. So just the software, or do you want to transition to quarterly, quarterly meetings on top of the software? So that's kind of how I'm doing it now. And I'm wondering if, if it's something that should be talked about at the beginning or like before you start the engagement, or is this something you should talk about at the end? Yeah. So if I was, if I, if that's the method that I was going, I would definitely talk about it at the beginning. Yeah. Right. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. And for two reasons, right? The first reason is it's um, it helps people not to feel like they're being upsold when that moment happens, right? right? It's, oh, I knew this conversation was coming, right? And it's not a gotcha, you have to decide in the moment. And even if you tell them that they don't, they still kind of feel that way, right? <laughs> it's, oh no, I've had lots of time to think about this, right? It, so it becomes a much more comfortable conversation when you're actually asking for them to make that decision, right? Yeah. Uh, the other reason why you want to do it ahead of time is because it increases the chances that they'll make the decision to say yes, provided that it's right for them. Yeah. Because they're going to be analyzing, in your case, the use of your software, right? The use of, of Money Coach, right? They're going to be analyzing 
their experience with Money Coach and with you, with your meetings from the perspective of, oh, would this be helpful on an ongoing basis? Right. And now because that's in their head, they'll start to think about, oh yeah, it'd be nice to have this on an ongoing basis or it'd be nice to have this on as they're experiencing it for the first time, right? right. Novelty also always makes things seem more positive. Yeah. Right? yeah Whereas sense. waiting until the end to have the conversation, they're going to have to remember back, okay, what are the things that I really want to have? <laughs> right. So it helps them figure that out. Yeah. While that's they're going cool. through it instead of at the end. Yeah. yeah. I mean, thankfully my, my clients all knew that I was just starting off with the software. And so they were aware that it was a new program. And so when I proposed it at the end, like, Hey, I've been offering this new program. Yeah. Um, they know, they knew that it was new. So, so that's, it's been okay. <laughs> yeah. But going forward, that's the, the direction that I would go is start off with, yeah. you know, this is what this program is going to look like. We're going to work together for, for this many months. This is what we're going to do in each meeting over those months. At the end of this, this is where you should be. And we're going to have a decision to make, right? You're going to have a decision. Yeah. Um, do you want to fly off into the sunset? Do you want right. to uh, take this option where you just have access to the software? Do you want to take this option where you're working with me? I think you said on a quarterly basis, um, there's no need to decide now. Will we, yeah. back, you're not going to be able to make the decision now because we don't know where you're going to be in three months. Right. Right. Uh, but I just wanted to let you know uh, that you do have those three options available to you. And it's just really going to be up to whatever's right for you. Right. You say it that way and it you want to do it very much not from a sales perspective. You want to do it as part of I want to walk you through. You know, they've already signed the contract. They've already done it. Right. OK. Now we've you've already paid me. I want to take some time. I know we kind of talked about this before, but I really want to take a moment to walk you through. This is what's going to go on to get you to where you need to go. Kind of give them, this is the roadmap, right? Right. Or that roadmap is the decision at the end. And it's hopefully from a perspective of, I'm not selling you on one of these three things. It's just, that's the final decision point. Just like we have to make a decision of your values when we're talking about your goals. Yeah. Right. Or we're going to make these decisions at this point for your budget. Right. It just it's a matter of fact. These are the decisions that will be made at, at these times. Yeah. And I, and I already had that built in because I knew at the end that they were going to have a choice of the software, either the software on your own, the like go and do it on your own versus um, continuing to have some support on the bookkeeping side. And so I already had those two options. And so now it's basically a third option. And that's I'm, it'd be, I think it'd be much better to have that conversation up front yeah. so that they're aware of that all along. Always make not working together any longer an option that you give. That's true. And I, I need to do that because I actually did have clients who used the software and they got what they needed out of it. And they were like, okay, we're done. Thanks. Yeah. And so, and it was, it was great. And he was, he's still very, very positive about the experience. Um, but it wasn't a scenario I had considered that people would be like, set up my budget. I got everything working. Okay. We're good now. We don't need the software anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. So, but you're absolutely right. We should definitely include that. Yeah. And, and it's good to include it for your own mental thinking, but it's also good to include it because it really does help to frame that discussion at the beginning as this is just the decisions we're making at, at different times, um, as opposed to we're leading to another sales call, right? 
which right. is going to make the sales call conversation at the end much more positive and much more likely to, to end the way that you want it to. Yeah. Because you Cause don't want their you don't want their defenses up. You want them to experience your your coaching and your program from the perspective of um you know, is this, is this aspect of it something I'd like on an ongoing basis? Is this aspect something of it I'd like on an ongoing basis, as opposed to, oh, is this something they're going to use to try and sell me this ongoing thing, right? right? It's a very different mindset that they have, and we want them to be in that first mindset. Right. Yeah. And, and it was, you mentioned like at the beginning, it was definitely a, a hit on the ego for sure. It was, it's like, what do you mean you want to stop? But thought you liked it. So Definitely, if I had had that expectation up front of and realizing that they can, I can provide value just in the short term, and that's mm-hmm. all that they needed. They they're in really and so one of the questions I have here, which is um, what client is not doesn't need ongoing coaching. Well, this is the kind of client that didn't need ongoing yeah. coaching. Yeah. They didn't have debt. They had a little bit of debt, very little. Um, pretty good financial place. They just they were going to have an income, a big significant income drop coming up, and they wanted to prepare for it. Yeah, that was it. They had, so they just they had a very um, specific. Yep need that really was about a change in circumstance that was a one-time change in circumstance. Yep. Yeah. And even people who are, have a lot of debt, right? They might not be right for it because once they get that managed under control and they're no longer using debt in a negative way, right? Yeah. That may not be appropriate for ongoing, right? It, it right. really depends on the person. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a one-on-one. It's, it's just individual, right? Yeah. An individual basis probably is you can, not even by niche. It's just individuals. Well, your niche is definitely going to help determine it though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So as an example, uh, Emily's niche. Right. Lends itself less to yes. ongoing coaching because she works with people who are prior to being engaged and helps them merge their finances without the fights. Right. Right. And so that is very much a, there's a definitive endpoint to this, right? We've yeah. your finances. Yeah. And starting off the relationship with on such a good foot, I would think um, would make it so that they're not going to have those long-term issues, right? Where you right. get couples who come in years into the relationship and they have all kinds of problems to figure out, um, yeah. but they're starting off with that right mindset working together. Yeah. So hers, hers may not be appropriate for ongoing, right? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Fabian asked a question. Yep, I saw that. Go, go ahead. <laughs> well, I, and I'm worried these should go in a different, a different week. So let's talk about first. the question and then yep. we'll, we'll address yep. it so that he knows we didn't ignore him. Yes. We're definitely not ignoring it. Yeah. So what is the deliverable that you would provide for ongoing program? Uh, that's the first question. And that one I think would fit under the, how do I continue to show value? Correct. Yeah. Is that something? Yeah. So, so Fabian. So I do want to answer it in more, in a little more detail, Okay, right? but go ahead and say when that's going to show up. Yeah. yeah. So in two weeks, we're going to cover, how do I continue to show value? And we will answer it in a little more detail and maybe Josh will give you a quick, are you going to give him a quick answer right now? Yeah. I think that <laughs> what I want to do is tie in what Fabian asked because it's a really important, his question is a really important line of thinking, right? And that is, you know, he, he has identified you know, we need a deliverable. We need mm-hmm. more than just, I'm going to sit down and talk with him, right? So his question really shows that line of thinking that's really important, which is what is actually going to be provided to the client aside from a, a warm shoulder to lean their head on, 
right? Right. And that that question there, uh, and Fabian, like I say, like Emily said, we're going to go into a lot more detail on that in the future uh, in two weeks. But that question right there is really the first question that you should ask yourself before going into ongoing coaching, right? So him asking that question is exactly the question that you need to ask, which is, what are the deliverables that I'm going to be providing on an ongoing basis, right? Three-month program, the reason why everyone says three-month or six-month is because they've identified deliverables that happen in month one, month two, month three, or month one, two, three, four, five, six, right? They, they've identified the deliverables. Um, and so if you cannot figure out the deliverables, and in two weeks, we'll go through a bunch of stuff that gives you ideas for it, right? But if you cannot figure out the deliverables, that is a clear sign that ongoing is not going to be right, right? Um, because when you can't figure out the deliverables, you're just assuming that you'll be able to come up with something during the meetings that's going to be valuable. And that's a very bad place to put yourself in, right? Yeah. It would be like you're on trial for a triple murder and a death penalty case, and you walk into court and you ask your lawyer, okay, so what have you prepared? What's your strategy? And they say, I'm going to wing it. <laughs> I'll see what the defense, I'll see what the prosecution says, and then I'll, I'll do it. You are probably going to immediately ask your attorney or the judge to allow you to switch lawyer. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and then what trigger would you see to, uh, to define the end of the need for an ongoing program? It's when you run out of deliverables, when you run out of value, right? Now, the reality is that may or may not ever end. Okay, so let me give you an example of something that where there is a, um, a trigger that, would you, that you would use to define the end of the ongoing program for something that's not financial coaching. Okay. Let's say that you owned a business. And let's say that you were successful in your business and your time was way too valuable to spend on low level things. And so you hired a bookkeeper to keep the books for your business. At what point do you, what is the trigger that would define the end of the need for the ongoing program in that case? You don't need the bookkeeping anymore. When does that happen? You uh, you close the business. No, <laughs> right. As long as you have the business, the right. IRS is going to require you to file taxes. Yep. And you need the bookkeeper in order to be able to do that, right? So the trigger point there is, I no longer have the business. Right now. You could make arguments of, oh, what, what if you hire a CFO and you hire an accounting department? Then you don't need a bookkeeper. No, then you've transitioned the bookkeeper from an outside service to an internal service, right? You still need right. it, right? It's still an ongoing thing. You're going to pay those people on an ongoing basis, right? Um, but the need is still there. So in this case, could it be, and this is a question I have for like two weeks from now. Well, hold on to it. Hold on to it. All right. All right. All right. That's yeah. going to be where the where the value comes in. And we're already over time. <laughs> yes. I know. I was just going to say we are. We are over yeah. time. So. Um, but the, but the we'll, we in two weeks, we're going to talk a lot about Fabian answering this question in a lot more detail. 
what I would say is if you, the first step that of for answering, should I do it is asking Fabian's question, right? right? What are the deliverables for an ongoing program? What would I be doing? What would the trigger point for that end be, right? Those are the things that will really help to define whether or not it's right. right? Yeah. Because if you can't come up with the deliverables or you can't figure out what the trigger point is for the end, then those are signs that you're just wanting an ongoing program, but it's not tied to a need because you can't identify what that need, the deliverables that will fulfill those needs are going to be. And you can't identify what the need is to be able to identify when the need goes away. So we should have just started with Fabian's question <laughs> and then ended the, the podcast because it's actually, it's a really, really key thing. It really um, is. Yeah. So I'm feeling like I should move his questions up. Okay. So I, I got your questions, Fabian, and I'm already moved them into my Word documents. So we will make sure and cover that on week three again in more detail. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, it also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.